Alrighty then. So I think you and I've been having some similar thoughts, right. so we can jump into it whenever you're ready. I'm looking for I'm, I'm, uh, I'll drop Apple a marker. script right now. Let me go drop a marker real quick. Oh, should I should I be mean and give Michael that that GPT you gave me yesterday right now? Because uh, yep. then he'll either not listen to us or he'll do nothing but listen to us and chat with that programming GPT. <laughs> Yeah, you should send it to him though. That that one's actually pretty decent. I'll, I'll, I'll look that at several. A good one. That one's pretty That'd good. good one. <laughs> All I'll right, drop it in the group thread. That way, we we're not everybody it. can have it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so thank you, Demasi, for that because that is getting me in trouble. I hit my GPT four limits real fast. <laughs> Blue sky, uh, uh, Mr. Noise, when you get a second, sir, if you still have some of those. Happy New Year, everybody. He put a code in the group thread for you. Oh, I, I didn't look. He, he replied to your message with the code. Oh, oh, well, thanks, Michael. Happy New Year, everybody. Because if you're not listening to the live stream, but yet doing what I really love for people to do, which is uh, download the show and listen to it on the day it's released, you're listening to us on New Year's. It is January 1st, or at least that's when this will be published. If you're listening after that, well, still, Happy New Year to you, because... You know, here's the thing, though. Um, so, Happy New Year, like I said, in all seriousness. But I have a thing about New Year's, too. At what point do you stop saying Happy New Year? Or what point is it awkward for people to still be saying Happy New Year to you? Because this is dragged on in a couple of years for me. Like, the first time I speak to a person, and it's like February. And I'm like, well, Happy New Year to you. It's the first time we talked this year. And I'm like, this seems kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I say if it's after mid-January, it's not uncomfortable. It's just enough. Like, if you don't say it, I don't feel weird about it. And then when you get into February, it's no longer a new year. Yeah. So I feel like if it's within the first week of January and it's the first time we've spoken that year, it's okay. Uh, I might oh, yeah, even say you it. keep telling me Happy New Year. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's you're just annoying me. Oh, well, no, it's it, that, that that's not happened to me. I probably would block that person if that ever happened. Um, no, I just mean like it, it's even if it, the first time we speak is January 25th. Like, I kind of feel like you sort of don't need to say it because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it unless somebody else says it and then I'll say it. But always it's, it's kind of like that. I'm trying to be polite thing that I do sometimes because sometimes. I try. Uh, but yeah, happy new year to everybody. And um, getting into the show, man. So we have been both thinking about, well, first off, I, I need to do some follow-up. We got to do some follow-up. Okay. You, some, you can do your follow-up. Now that my caps lock key is working, I can actually use the actions menu, which I use a lot more than I thought I would. Uh-huh, yeah, man. Actions are very important in life. Very important. Um, so... Uh, Google Doc now exists. Yeah, I know six months ago we were like, oh, we're going to try this thing and then we're going to try that thing. And we either didn't try any of that stuff or we tried it or I tried it. and was like, nope, that sucks. Uh, Apple Notes was not a good experience. And uh, so I set up a Google Doc and I shared it with Michael, too. Like I actually did all of the things. And I now have an IFTTT applet um, to send mm topics into that google doc they're just appended onto the end uh now what i ultimately ended up using is a text message so i send a text to a number and i put hashtag tw in the text and it has to come from my mobile number 
and it just adds what I said without the hashtag, of course. Well, wait, what? So you're, <laughs> you're doing income. That's what happens when I'm writing Mastodon posts. <laughs> your so, so you're using the SMS uh, feature of IFTTT. And if it, you send a message from your phone number, your mobile number, mm-hmm. um, then that text message with hashtag technically working will get added to the end of the Google Doc. Yep. Why have we put this off so long? Because one, I did not know that that was a feature until today because I, I talked to you earlier today and I was like, yeah, the thing I did isn't working. So I think I may have to resort to a shortcut. And I was like, no, I don't want to do a shortcut because when I switch over to, to the droid, like then I won't have shortcuts. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so I actually didn't know that this was a feature. Uh, I will tell you how I found this was a feature and it was not asking the GPT IFTTT bot. It did <laughs> not give me that suggestion. It told me I could send an email and I was like, I don't want to do that. Or I could yeah, add a reminder to a do list. To do us that, like, and I was like, I don't want to do that either. Uh, so essentially I just searched for SMS and um, it showed up as a thing and I was like, oh, and I connected it. So the process here for connecting, you can trigger. So basically they have an SMS that's a trigger. Uh, you have a couple of options is send a text message to the number or send the SMS to the number or send the SMS with a hashtag. Um, so I chose send with a hashtag because now I'm thinking of other ways that this could also be useful for me. Just sending a text message, uh, you know, which is something you can do from the Mac or if you're on Android, you can do it from Chrome browser or any Chromium based browser on the web. Um, you can dictate the message. You could use your assistant on your device to send the message there's so many ways yep. to make this work this is amazing like i feel like i just discovered i don't know fire uh hashtag technically working though how actually nope. that works out so actually nope. so actually i changed it because siri put a space between technically and working and i had to fix it and i was like i don't want to keep doing that so i That's changed stupid. the shortcut to be hashtag tw Okay. Uh, which it does put in correctly. And that works. Okay. So if you look at the Google Doc, the last entry that is in there came from the setup that I'm using now, which is I send a text message and somewhere in the message I put hashtag TW and it goes to the doc. Uh, the only difference is, of course, you're dealing with Siri and its understanding of you. So that says membership when that should say member full if you're looking at mm-hmm. that document. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Siri's like, yep, you don't, you don't mean memberful. You know, you, you don't really mean you membership mean. is what you yeah. mean. No, I said yeah. what I meant. But anyway, uh, so that's working yeah. now. Blind I, shell USA every time I dictate the word blind shell. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Uh, so now the only thing I have not figured out is how can I share this with you? Uh, it doesn't appear that I can just share an applet, which I thought was a thing. Uh, but what I can do is, um, put together a recording, which I will do, uh, before the weekend is out. So that'll come out somewhere. So I'll post it to Macedon is what I'll do, but I'll record what I did just going through the steps. Uh, but the nice thing about this, so like I said, there's two triggers with SMS for IFTTT. Uh, there's just send a text message to the number or send with a included tag, uh, which is a hashtag and something. So I chose that option uh, for the technically working document. Uh, the process after that was to connect the service. So it goes in and wants you to put in the number you're going to send your text from. And then it sends you a code. You verify the code. You know, everybody's used to that now. And then it's set up. 
So I just send a text to this number and I save the number in my phone. I probably will end up changing this contact name, but right now it's called auto, A-U-T-O bot. Uh, mm. So I just say, you know, hey, um, lady, send a message to auto bot. Now, the first time I tried to send a message to somebody else, I was like, you have two contacts for this person. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, this is the only Autobot in my life. I promise you. I promise you this is only Autobot. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is now going to be, there is a limit of, I think, like a thousand messages or something. I'm not sure what the limits are for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on GP, not GPT. Yeah, I'm on GPT mm-hmm. plus too, but uh, IFTTT yeah. plus or whatever it's called, pro. You're on pro or whatever because you're on the tier I am not on. I bought a year of IFTTT for my Christmas present on Christmas Eve. Man, because I saved 23%. But, you know, that's that's all. I mean, look, man, you you save money, though. And look, with this trigger, like, honestly, with this trigger right here, I'm not going to use it 500 times in a month, to be honest. But with this trigger right here, like, that changes things because that's a quick way for me to automate stuff and you know what i don't have to worry about which platform i'm on all i need to be able to do is send a text message in fact i could probably set it up with a voip number so that i could send Uh an email to a number to get it like there's so many different things i could do here so super happy about that um that that is nice so that is set up uh, and so working because I'm finally looking at the doc. When I took my deep breath earlier, and you're like, "Go ahead," uh, I I had found a Google Doc for something that I think eventually we need to put in. So I'm going to set this applet up, and maybe I'll follow Demasi's directions because I realize sometimes I skip directions. Uh, anyways, so I'll set this up to put this idea in there. But we need to talk more about Todoist again. Because yep. I accidentally found a doc you invited me to in March of 2022 called Todoist Webinar. If that mention rings any bells when I yeah. was searching, for so the we've talked Google about Docs. that. We've talked about that document or that that project recently, and one of the things that kind of held that up is honestly we were going through so many. They were changing stuff so much that we were like, we could sit down and write all this stuff up, and by the time we got ready to actually do the webinar, it would be changed. Yeah. Um, and based off when we initially said we kind of wanted to do this, uh, we would have done this webinar this spring had we stuck to the schedule. Mm-hmm. And about three months later, they introduced a whole new layout into do it. So, <laughs> see, look. Uh, yeah. This was the reason for me telling you one day, like procrastination actually kind of pays off sometimes, not all sometimes. the time, but sometimes. And when it's something that's out of your control like that, uh, it paid off for us because we would have put in a, a, a ridiculous amount of work to try to produce this because we wanted to cover all the platforms. So Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, uh, web. Mm-hmm. For the Linux people out there, there are some Linux people out here. You and, and the Chromebook peoples. And the Chromebook people. Yeah, yeah. I forget the Chromebook is a thing, actually. Yeah. Uh, get a real it's computer a and just computers. use Chrome. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, good. Uh, yeah. So I, oh, I get that's what I was going to mention is yesterday's Unmute Presents episode that went out for Sunday content. Is Todoist setting it up with JAWS? And I figured I would just go do it. Interesting thing happened to me on that. Uh, so when I opened Todoist, 
to sign in, I was using Parallels. And the link says log in with browser. So I hit the link to log in with browser. Then I went to my web browser and I logged in and it popped up a message that said, would you like to open this in Todoist? Well, yeah, I want to open this in Todoist. But it said Todoist parentheses Mac parentheses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't want to open it in Todoist on the Mac. So I tried to figure out how to get it not to. And then I finally hit open. And guess what? It opened it in Todoist on Windows. So it lied to me. Um, don't know how that worked out, but that's how I got signed in finally. And it's, it's at the point now where I think they are caring a little bit about accessibility. Well, a lot of bit about accessibility because it's really easy to do things in there. You can even use, uh, shift F 10 on tasks, I believe to, uh, access that contacts oh, menu. Nice. You can use your arrow keys. You can hit Q to quickly add a task, and and it just seems to work. And then uh, OU for open user, OP for open uh, productivity, OS for open settings. Um, pretty, pretty straightforward once you get comfortable with navigating the interface both on Mac and on Windows. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw a pitch out here for, cause we, we've had conversations over the past couple of weeks about accessibility to do is never struck me as not caring. Mm. It's just that it took them a long time to get some things done. And some of them were pretty critical at some times, like years ago, there were some very critical, I can't use this on my desktop at all issues with to do. Yes. Uh, but to be fair, they have been consistently adding things. So and communication is due. Uh, communication, communication is, is important. Is goal. And when they don't talk, you think they don't care. And that's where people get that impression sometimes. Yep. And I, I think that's very important to remember, too, from a company standpoint. You know, even me as a small business owner, like sometimes I don't communicate things to my customers and I got to be better about that. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes I don't I don't say things uh, and I should. So. You know, whether you're a small business or a large business, communicating with your customer base is important. And Michael is editing my paragraph. Stop that. (laughs) You can turn those notifications off. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. You can go into your accessibility settings and turn those off because I I did not. I get the reasoning for them. I'm never in a situation where I need those announcements. Like if if I need them, I'll go turn them on. So yeah, uh, that'll be something I will do is turn that off because yeah, most times I'm in a dock with one person and usually we're not even both in there at the same time unless we're doing a podcast together like we are right now and we're both looking at this dock. Uh, Um. But yeah, Todoist has been coming along. How have you been doing with Todoist, though? Uh, just as far as as your streak's not really the word I want to use because I'm, I'm not talking about their karma. Just your consistency yeah. of getting things in there and getting them done and checked off. Like, has that continued oh, to work? Yeah. It's it's working for me. Uh, getting things in there is working well. Checking things off is working well. Actually doing the things that are in Todoist, we're not going to talk about. But for the interface of navigating and just getting stuff added and adding these, these IFTTT applets and being able to have that possibly mark off tasks. I don't know if that's something to to do Ooh, with GPT. Hey. Uh, you had played with GPT applets in IFTTT. How well did that work? All right, so I realized that we are um, recording the show, not doing it on TV. So I'm oh. going to take a second and put a mark in here before I answer your question. Okay. <laughs> All 
Okay, we'll know it. in like three days after Monday if Stephen or Sean listens to the show. <laughs> oh man, Stephen's gonna start automation more with IFTTT and texting and oh man, that that is a nice feature though. So. Um, IFTTT during the time that they were running this special, uh, just as a aside for people, I think, I think that's tomorrow. I think if it's not, ex- oh, well, if it's expired tomorrow, then it's I not. got a notice yesterday that it expires soon, but I didn't get an expiration date, so I'm guessing it expires tomorrow. Yeah, it probably expires tomorrow. Tech um, the halls 23 for the coupon code. Uh, yeah, I thought they stole that from JJ. Did they steal that from JJ? That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Wasn't that our coupon code for AT guys? Uh, it, it was. It was last year, too. I remember using it. Well, 22, but. Yeah. Hijacked our coupon. Um, So, yeah, um, IFTTT has introduced a custom GPT bot. Uh, uh, did you mark again? Because I thought we were paused for a second. Oh, no, I marked to, oh, no, I was pausing. So I put a <laughs> marker in and I was pausing to type in a note on okay. the marker. Okay, okay. Because I realize I, I don't have to try to keep talking while I'm trying to do that because we're typing. not live on TV or something where we got to be a little bit, you know, faster at that. So I can take a little bit more care with putting markers in so they hopefully help you out a bit more than I tend to. Yeah, that's what that All was. Right. It, it wasn't a marker for pause. It, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Maybe there should have been. Oh. Yeah, then I would have had to mark in and break and then mark out. Uh, end of break. Uh, we're back to the show. Hey. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they've introduced this this custom uh, GPT bot that connects to IFTTT. Uh, the process for me was pretty straightforward, getting it connected. I will say this, I'm not 100% certain, and this kind of took me down a path that I I wasn't happy to be on initially, but I came out the other side of it feeling pretty okay about it, Uh, and we'll get there. But initially with this, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I can do X, Y, Z with this. Uh, There are some issues I have encountered using the app on iOS using the GPT app in voice mode, where it's like, uh, we need to authenticate this or you need to give permission for this. Look at your screen for, you know, the links or whatever. And I can't see those things. And when I say see, I mean, voiceover is not finding these things on the screen while I'm in the speak mode with uh, GPT. I see. So while you're talking to the GPT. Yeah, I don't see the button that says allow this to talk to IFTTT. Uh, Do you see the button when you are typing with the GPT? Or I see it on the web. I haven't actually typed to the GPT, to the IFTTT bot uh, so, in on the phone. So I need to do that. And, and try ending the chat. Um, because remember, that's going, that is a, even though it's a conversation, it's a text conversation. And that took me a minute to remember because what, what OpenAI is doing is they're transcribing what you're saying to chat GPT. And that's a logging or sidebar for things you can go back to. So you could exit the chat or exit the voice and then go to the chat itself, see if the link is there, tap on that and then go back into the voice. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I won't play around with it. But other than that, like it's it's been useful in some instances. I was able to get it, and I I don't think I deleted this stuff out. So it's, you still see some of the the mistaken entries in the Google Doc when I was testing out ways to append to a Google Doc. 
Uh, there's one where I thought the uh, this goes back to IFTTT and trying to automate this process. I had a button and I put it on my home screen as a widget. And I was like, yeah, this is going to work. And I pushed a button and then it didn't ask me for any text. And I was like, well, this thing, no, <laughs> I this, just saw that. <laughs> not what I expected to happen. That's how I got to the, the phone. button pressed on December 30th. Yep. It was like, uh huh. Now I didn't know what it did. I didn't know it actually did that until after I was testing with the yeah. SMS part. And I looked in yeah. the dock and I was like, oh, so that's what it did when I pushed the button. <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't very helpful at all. Uh, but the, the, the GPT, um, seems useful. In some ways, again, it's, it's GPT. You're going to get some stuff back that's not super helpful. For example, as I mentioned, when I was trying to figure out how to send text to IFTTT for it, then to append to a document without using shortcuts, because there was an obvious way to do it with shortcuts. Um, I asked the, the, the IFTTT uh, GPT. That's a lot of T's. Hmm. And it gave me options for sending an email to IFTTT, it gave me options for setting a reminder. So when I add a specific reminder, then it would append that to IFTTT. I mean, do the thing. Uh, what were some other options? There was a couple of other options that was kind of weird. But and I was like, SMS. that doesn't make, but SMS did not show up in the options uh, or suggestions from the bot. And it did say, you know, these are only a few suggestions. And I'm like, yeah, it seems like to me, you should have given me that SMS thing. Is there limits to RCS characters like there are with SMS? Do you know? I don't believe so. Because I think that once thing, once companies and, and things go RCS more SMS, then that makes sending a quick message like that a little bit more powerful. And that's interesting that we're going to a chat environment and people are like, you know, RCS is, is not that bad. Maybe we should experiment with it. So RCS is not a bad platform because uh, essentially it gives you a lot of the functionality of iMessage or even yeah. WhatsApp, like any of the messaging platforms that exist. It gives you that natively across the cellular network, I think. Uh, it may be using data. I don't remember. I think it may actually be using data because it's sending very big images. But it's a with the exception of what Google has done custom on their side for the encryption, because the standard right now does not support encrypting messages, uh, which is something that WhatsApp and iMessage and what's that other thing? Telegram, Signal, all mm. encrypt your messages end to end, right? So there should not be possible for someone in the middle to read your messages, you know, star, asterisk, hashtag, double dagger, because there are some caveats there depending on the platform. But RCS doesn't natively support that based off the spec. Uh, Google, so if you're messaging from I'm for certain from pixel to pixel. So if I'm messaging you, you have a pixel, I have a pixel. Uh, and we're using RCS. Those, you know, through the Google Messages app, those are going to be encrypted end to end. But that's because Google themselves have added encryption onto their messaging app specifically, right? So I guess if you're using the Google Messages app and not anybody else's messages app on Android, you get encrypted RCS messages. Apple has said that they're going to contribute and work with the Alliance, not Google. They're going to work with the, the, the Alliance. That, the Alliance. Yeah. The, the, I'm saying the Alliance, but you know, the, 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 the standards body that, you know, uh, dictates the standard. I, I forget who runs that, but you know, kind of like the triple IE or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. they're going to work with that standards body 
to get native encryption into the overall spec. So it's just supported out of the box, which means, you know, therefore everybody's RCS messages will be encrypted, uh, which makes sense. And I'm, you know, maybe Google has plans to contribute back to, but Apple has said they're going to do that. What I'm interested to see with RCS is will we get to a point once Apple rolls it out? And here's a situation to know I'm not trying to upset Android people. I realize that you had it first. I'm not saying that Apple, but we got to face facts, right? Nobody was ever going to get on board with supporting that 100% until Apple was supporting it because you would have been splitting your system. And let's take IFTTT, for example. Why say, oh, we'll support RCS on Android? Now, somebody's going to send us a message on Mastodon and say, hey, it does support RCS messages on Android. Uh, but just as an example, right? I would not want to attempt to implement RCS for Android users and then fall back to SMS for iPhone users. Uh, when it's simpler to just standardize on SMS. But once yeah. Apple has implemented this in their messages app to support RCS, I am really curious to see how many services are going to switch over and start doing RCS across the board, which will be nice. I think it'll be nice. So how do you want to handle this? Because now that we have an ideas document, we need a organize this, these ideas bots to organize these ideas so, that we add to it. Eventually, I'm going to get around to seeing if Bar can handle that. Uh, ah, okay. Okay. See? Yeah, that, that, that is actually the plan that, that this is going to be because we're technically working. So let's, 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 uh, we're going to break the fourth wall because we, we realize we're doing a podcast. Wait. Wait, that's not really how that works, is it? <laughs> anyway, we're technically working. We have a Google Doc now, and we have automated ways to get stuff into the Google Doc. I want to see if Google's um, bot or bard will help me organize the topics in this Google Doc, uh, for example, and see what options are available for that, because that would be super cool. If we can add stuff in and have it maybe automatically categorized. And maybe it sees, oh, you talked about this before, so I'll put this in follow up instead of acting like it's a brand new topic you've never discussed before. Hashtag to do it. Hmm. That's interesting because Bard has that information. Because I'm like, well, how would Bard know that? But if it can read our documents, we can start feeding it transcripts. Uh-huh. Uh, we should play with this. Uh, no, I'm not going to get into that. Not going to get into the playing with every little thing. This Notepad LM thing. I played with it a little bit, and that looks interesting. Notepad LM looks interesting to me. I don't think it's quite ready for... So what's keeping me away from that, at least, is I heard about it on This Week in Google, uh, which has turned <laughs> out that should be a pretty good show. Uh, I hadn't listened to it Thank in you years. for the reminder. I'm going to uh, do that. Oh, no, I'm waiting for you to invite me. That's right. I got yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing that thing. We're going to do that thing. Uh but I heard about it on this week in Google. They had the guy, I forget his name, uh, but I will find the episode link for Michael to drop in the show notes. Hey, that'll be nice. What if Bar can help dictate the show notes? Mm-hmm. Like, Man, it this can be because thing. ChatGPT can get me links for show notes. Ah. Because if you tell ChatGPT, here's some transcripts. If I ask you a question that the answers aren't clearly available for, please search the web. And I say, give me show notes. It gives me show notes. And I say, all right, now I need links. And it gives me the links in Markdown because it knows now that I prefer Markdown links. Ah, okay. So let me help out the transcript a little bit here then. So on a recent fairly recent episode of this week in Google on the Twit network. See, help that. Yeah. yeah. Um, They had 
they had the guy, they were talking about Notebook LM and the guest that they had on that week actually worked with Google. He's written some, he's an author, he's written some books. He actually was hired by Google to be kind of a project manager type on the Notebook LM project. So he's not a programmer at all. He says that he's not a programmer. I'm not putting words in his mouth. Uh, but he's a person that he knew what he wanted it to do. Basically, like he, he's used all of the different tools that we've all tried out. Like he's tried Devin Think. I think he was using Devin Think before this. Uh, mm-hmm. He's tried several different, you know, knowledge management systems. And so he knew what he wanted to be able to do here. And that helped drive what the Google engineers were trying to accomplish here. Uh, so interesting episode the reason i haven't looked at it yet is because leo did a thing that i would have tried to do too which is take a bunch of programming books i have in pdf Mm. or a bunch of you know now open to the world books that aren't you know under copyright or anything with programming and feed them to this thing so i can use it as a hey how do i do this in wordpress again like how do i you know build this sort of query or whatever or set up this kind of routing in wordpress right i want to know because i don't remember uh, and he was, he faded all the books he had on, I think he said Lisp. I could be wrong mm. about the language he used. And he said he broke it because it was too many characters. It does have a limit of how much it can mm. store, mm. which I don't think at the moment the custom GPTs have. No, uh, they do. It's they have a, 300 they have a, pages. Is it 300 pages at a time though? per document? Yeah. See, that's, that's yes. the difference. Like this has a hard 40 million character limit or something. Okay. Like that. No. No, they, to the best of my knowledge, they do not have a hard limit, but per document, 300. Yeah, per document, which is had, fine. That's, yeah, that, that's fine because yeah. I, I should be able to get stuff in there, you know, like that. Yeah, but no, this has a actual, like, you can't gotcha. put more than this number of characters in here. Uh, it's like a hard drive, right? You can only store so yeah. much data on this hard drive, whether it's five files or 1,500, you can only store what you can store. It's mm-hmm. how Notebook LM currently works. Uh, at some point, they could lift that or, or or get that built out. I expect that to happen. Uh, but it seemed very interesting from a initial kind of launch perspective. Like I almost went right to it when he was talking about it. I was like, yeah, but I broke it. And I was like, oh, hold on. You broke it. <laughs> You're like, never it, mind. And then it was like, oh, you did exactly what I was thinking about doing. So <laughs> we'll wait on that one. I got my custom GPTs over here. Uh, I'm paying for But. Tell us about your. Tell me about your experience with with Notebook LM because I haven't looked at it at oh, all. I just oh, I just it. went. And their buttons are labeled. That's all I can tell you right now. Like, hey man, uh, Bard's buttons are labeled too. GPT. Yeah. Uh, yeah open you know, AI. Open AI. You may want to work on that. I'm just saying. That was that was the only thing I could tell you about it because yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't want to play with this right now. I went back to my custom GPT and man, my mind has been blown since you showed me that auto GPT. That like I'm like I don't know what I'm doing with GPTs. I I see what where some people are going and this is pretty cool stuff man so that's what happened to me after playing with the iftt bot and or or gpt and not you know quite getting it to do what i wanted it to do necessarily and then looking at that that programming gpt that auto gpt i sent you and i was like Because I poked at a couple of other ones before getting to them. I'm like, oh, they ain't do much better than what I was doing. I should just complete mm-hmm. my GPT I was working on. And then I yeah, hit that one. Never went to look at them because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. 
And then you show me that one. I'm like, maybe I need to go look at this. this well, other. And like, then Taylor, she texted me and said she just started playing with GPT-4 Turbo. And I don't know anything about GPT-4 Turbo, but I wonder if that's what this is using. Because did you notice if you ask it a question, at least I don't know if you played with the voice with this one. But when you have it in voice mode and you ask it a question, it will start answering the question. And while it's answering the question, you'll hear it do the searching sound. So it's answering you while it's searching the web. No, I have not played with that one with the uh, voice mode at all. Yeah, it's it's really like it'll give you a long form answer and then it'll search the web. So let you chew on that while it searches some information. To get you some more info. Yeah, Yeah. that one is super nice, though. Um, We'll put a link to it in the show notes for sure uh, for anybody interested in checking it out. So if you followed us on Mastodon. Oh, yeah. Do you already post it on Mastodon? Yeah. Okay, good deal. Good deal. I will find With that hashtag post technically boosted. working. Awesome. There we go, man. See, that'll make my job finding it easier because I have a, <laughs> a filter set up just for that right there. I like it. Uh, but yeah, that that one kind of put me in a mood after a while because I'm like, hmm, they, they really did some stuff here. It's like, man, what was I thinking trying to build a custom GPT? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I was trying to do something else and it wasn't working. And I was like, oh, man, see, I'm going to get a job Ooh. at McDonald's. So GPT-4 apparently gives you access to vision framework. Um, so Turbo. Yeah, yeah, for Turbo. So huh. I think I have that, though. Fun times. Fun times. So uh, back to the question at hand. How do you want to organize this document? I wish you could add, like, put the marker insert before or insert after I enter my note. On uh, how the UI for that would look, but I like think there'd be two buttons. Oh, I think I see what you mean. Because the marker going in before you put the note, you still got to find the point where we actually start talking about the conversation. Oh no! So I, I wait. So oh, I need to let you pay attention to this in Reaper then, because maybe I think I know what you're saying, and I didn't realize it wasn't doing what I thought it was doing. So when you mark, when I mark, that's a marker. marker, I add a note. It's not. It inserts the the marker where you marked, not when you press enter. When you insert the note. Oh well, yeah, that's what I thought it was doing. Okay. See, that's why I said we're not recording on TV, so like we can take time to kind of add that marker in and get. I thought you were using markers for like this is where we come back. This is where we. Oh no, no, I'm dropping markers to try to help keep the topics flowing a little bit or we like we just took a break so there's like two markers very close to each other because initially we were going to go into a mm-hmm. conversation and then we start having a side convo that's not going to go in the show so i just mm-hmm. dropped another marker that says streaming and now i'm going to put so they're another. kind of like chapters is what yeah that's kind of what i'm trying to gotcha okay that's why i said i realized i can actually we can actually take our time and try to insert these more appropriately so at least for you editing you can jump through them a little quicker yeah that makes sense uh, and then if there's like a gaff or something like that, I'll put a marker in and then put the note that says, you know. Uh, That's when you use like the in and out markers too. Yeah. Like those you, do show up in Reaper differently. They show yeah. up as in mark and out mark. Yeah. So like if I know I'm from the step of where you're like, hold on one second, I got to go do this. I'll mark in and then I'll mark out. Which takes us into this will be the last week for a while. I think that I'm going to be engineering the show. See, I'm an engineer. I'm a sound engineer. Yeah. Not really, but I'm just, you know, I you play one on my podcast. voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> I play one on my podcast. Um, but this is the episode coming out on uh, January 1st. The next recording we do, I will be in Talladega, provided nothing goes horrendously wrong. There's still a possibility for that right now. 
but uh, I'll be in Talladega. So because I'm going to be more than likely using my phone as a hotspot for my internet connection, I'm going to hand the engineering duties over to Michael uh, so that if there's an internet dropout on my side, he should still be connected, which means we don't lose any parts of the show. You just lose me and then I come back, which shout out to clean feet. Like, I don't know how anybody else's service handles this, but they actually handled that remarkably well. Yes. Yes, they do. Even if you have to reload the page, it still comes out really well. Uh-huh. It was it was a little questionable in the beginning, but they have fixed it. So now when you reload the page, it, it realigns everything. So. Yep. And give me one sec because I just realized I need to save because I hadn't saved. Start thinking about that when I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, if we drop out and I'll still be here. So, yeah, Michael will be taking over the engineering part and I'll just be showing up. I'll just be the talent, man. I won't have to do anything. I'll just show up. Hey, but, that positions us to a thing we've been trying to get to for a while, though. Uh-huh. So, kind of all unexpectedly, at least on uh, my part, because I hadn't talked about it, uh, we're doing some little different streaming stuff, too. So, Mike, where are we streaming our audio to this week? And what was kind of the reasons behind this so reasons are because i wanted to try something different and i was a little bored with our current setup and that's how my mind works and we're talking about something so the discussion came up and maybe you and i'll loop back and talk about it too uh about memberships and other projects I'm involved in because Unmute and Technically Working and IA Cast are all kind of separate, but they're also different in the same instance. And we can talk more about that too if people need clarification. But one of those things with one of the membership sites I was talking about uh, putting together with someone was, hey, we can offer Discord with this tool and this membership or people in Discord will be able to uh, access the server and interact with it. Well, I pay $6 a month or $5 a month to Daily Tech News Show because I really respect and and want to support what Tom is doing over there. You know, if I stopped paying my $6 a month, it's not going to be the end of the world to Tom. Um, and, and I'm really hesitant to support some other larger shows. But I also really like how Tom is creative and thinking outside the box and trying new things out. And one of the things that he's offered to his members is the ability to tune in on Discord. Now, he doesn't use stages on his Discord, which we're using now. I guess I should take a step back. We're streaming to IA Cast Radio and we're streaming to discord all from one audio hijack session which to me is magic even though i know it can do it but it's still pretty cool hey man never uh, lose the magic of audio hijack right right it's, stuff it's, and it's amazing and it's always yeah. amazing even though you're just yeah. used to it it's still always amazing and then when you add loop back to it it's like oh i feel a lot more comfortable in audio hijack when i when i had to put this together today um actually it was already put together and i didn't realize that i was thinking ahead for myself so i jumped in i went to add the blocks i'm like wait why is this block here this is the block i was just getting ready to add i didn't name that block that doesn't make any sense uh so i'll tell you what i what i do with that but right now we are streaming to ia cast and into discord and The reason I wanted to do this is because I wanted to have a more local community-based tool that I can interact with. And Tom uses the 
voice channels on his, but he has it so only certain people can mute and unmute and everyone else is is muted and you can't unmute, which that right there had me like, huh, that's interesting. And they also stream to Twitch and YouTube and all these different places too. And so when I decided to try this, I just said, hey, let me borrow Michael's server because he actually has people there. So thank you for letting me borrow your people, Michael. Uh, I have a server, but no people. See, there's, there's a difference there. Uh, so I went in and set it up a audio hijack session and then I went into discord and here's how I did it. So I have the audio hijack session with my mic on the left side and edge directly below my mic. And when you're, uh, moving your cursor to the right of the edge, um, or I'm sorry, the input device. I have a peak RMS monitor because that came in the template. I don't even know what it's for, so I just leave it alone. And there's a recording block, and then there's a broadcast. So that's all across the top. The broadcast block has my microphone going into it, and it has the Microsoft Edge going into it. And then to the right of the broadcast block, um, that's what's sending the broadcast over to... Uh, IA cast, but to the right of the broadcast block is an audio hijack assistant. So thank you, Demasi, for that, uh, because that was that was the missing glue I needed to get my audio to go wherever I wanted it to. So that's just a pass through device in Loopback that is used for either input or output. And in this instance, I'm sending audio to this device, and it's getting audio from the broadcast. So whatever the broadcast is hearing will also be streamed into discord because i set audio hijack assistant as the input device in discord and so anything that gets broadcasted is aired over that and then the last thing that i'll mention is i do have an output device with one output or with one input and no outputs and that input is microsoft edge so i could actually hear demasi and i don't hear two of me by the way i heard on office hours that some people find it weird to hear themselves when they're recording and now i find it weird if i don't hear myself when i'm talking into a microphone yeah i i don't like the electronic latency i mean mm-hmm. electronic monitoring so like reapers monitoring or trying to monitor yourself through loopback or audio hijack tools like i don't like that i have to hear myself through the headphones directly off the device that i'm using yeah yeah, I do have a monitor in my right ear that's there all the time. And that's how I knew I had something else coming into my headphones as well when we started recording because I heard two of me um, and it was it was Reaper. But I also like that in my right ear. So when I'm curious, well, what are, what are people hearing? Then I'm able to know what people are hearing easily. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I just got a weird alert from macOS. So give me one second while I fix that. Oh, you can, you can. Your memory usage is high. No, your disk usage is high. Oh, oh. uh, (laughs) Man, I got a story about a hard drive to tell you. But anyway, so it's interesting. Moving my 135 items out of my downloads to my downloads folder (laughs) on the external drive. That's how I get my disk to not get full. Uh, Usually it is a downloads folder that is the, the, the hog of all of the things, though. Seriously. Command option V. See, there's my quick tip. Yep. Command option V. That's how you move things. Uh, yes. Very different on the, man. I, so quick side note, I'm going to come back to the, to the discord 
uh, thing and, and the rest of that conversation. But the first, I'm not gonna say it wasn't the whole two years, but I feel like the first couple of years that I was using a Mac full time, I didn't know how to move things. So I would mm. end up copy, paste, copy, paste, and I would end up with duplicates, of course, because I'm copying one file and pasting it over there. So I would just go back and clean up. I think I actually had a script with um, Hazel that would look at, like, because most of the time at the time I was moving around, like, audio recordings of, of different things or, or mm-hmm. media content. So they were all kind of in the same folder structure so i think i had hazel looking to see like oh if there's a duplicate here and there then delete the one from here or something because i did not know because you know on windows you hit control x if you want to cut something which means when you hit control v to paste it you have removed it from where it was and it now exists where you just pasted yep and on the mac it's always command c to copy no matter what your end goal is going to be it's always command c to copy uh, obviously, I tried Command X when I first got on the Mac, and that did not work. Uh, just so you know, and it was a while before I found. I think it may have actually been John Panarese that told me VO Shift. And I mean, uh, Command yeah, Option. V. Yeah, Command Option V would move an item versus just pasting a copy of it. And I was like, oh, "Man, you changed my life and saved my hard drive." Yes, yes. I I'm in the process of moving 21 gigabytes. That'll give me enough wiggle room to. Uh, to, to breathe to say i'll deal with it tomorrow and then eventually my external hard drive's gonna be super full <laughs> well you got a couple of tools at your disposal uh because you're hazel. set up uh there's hazel to automatically move stuff for you but there's also mm. set apps uh clean my mac x i should download that i really should for some reason i feel like whenever i use it it gives me weird funkiness with my mac and then i have to end up resetting my i feel like that's what it is oh yeah we've had this conversation yes yes we have that that was like two times ago so despite the fact that this tool is so great uh i'm gonna tell you not to install it right now because yeah you were gonna be the control for me to find out if if you started running into some of this funkiness I'm about to wipe my Mac. I have not done it today because I, I, oh. I, 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 I'm hey, you could do it tomorrow. tomorrow. You have a three day weekend. Yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow. There you go. Tomorrow for sure. <laughs> I, I finished up a thing. We should come back. I'm sorry. Yesterday, on depending on when you're listening. Yes. Well, if you're listening to this, it happened yesterday. I did it. I will post Unless on Mastodon right. when I do it. Uh, but if you're listening you live, it's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, that's not confusing at all. I promise you time really <laughs> is not linear either the way that you think it is, but that's a whole other conversation for a different show. Uh-huh. So Aaron monkeys cabinet of curiosities. Go listen to that podcast when you get time cabinet of curiosities. Uh, he talked about time and how, how the calendar is an interesting, an interesting technology that was just invented. It Anyways. is a fraud, I will tell you. <laughs> fraud. But we'll have that Well worth the seven-minute podcast episodes. Oh, okay. That's, um, that, now I might listen to it because it's only seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. And, and I think it's like once or twice a week. So it's not daily or anything like that. Oh, you yeah. should send me a link to that. Because uh, that I will check I'll out. send you a downcast link. Hey, there's an idea. Talk about our podcast. Anyways, get to what you were talking about. All right. So it's interesting that you got to the discord thing because we have been talking about. So the, the elephant in the room sort of uh, is Michael's been looking at memberful. Uh, I looked at memberful for our content uh, initially for the extras because I was like, huh, let me see what memberful offers because I wanted people to have a private RSS feed where they could subscribe to the extras. Uh, 
that we post there because they're supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it. So we try to give you a little something extra. And I wanted a way to do that. And I knew that we could do it through Pinecast, but also knew it was going to cost additional money in Pinecast. And I was like, well, let's look at Memberful, see what they offer. And I was like, oh, okay, no, Memberful is not going to work. Not that Memberful wouldn't work in this for what I wanted to do. It just didn't make financial sense because one thing, at least to my understanding, and I do have some questions for you about this too in a minute with Memberful is Yes, I could have done this and I wouldn't have had to pay any money to them. They would have took a larger chunk of my money every month. That always annoys me. But, uh, you know, I could have had my private RSS feed. And if you were paying, you got, you know, you got your, your, your feed. And if you stopped paying, they turned you off. And that was going to also, when I was looking at that spread out into, you know, probably a discord access is what I was thinking about as well. Uh, because it's super simple, uh, with them to do that. Like they have all of those hooks already built in. There's no, hand coding of stuff, even down to the levels of if you're subscribed at this level, if your member for account has different levels in it, you know, if you're at this level, you get access to these channels. Uh, but if you're at, you know, level X, then you get access to those channels plus some more. Uh, so I like that. At any rate, I decided that for technically workings extras right now, the way that we have things set up. Uh, and I say that because be mindful of the fact that this is our, at least for me, I don't know if Michael thinks about it like this. And I think I've said it to him before. This is my test bed show in a lot of ways for what we want to do with the technology yep. around podcasting, right? This is one of the reasons the show is called technically working because it is a constant work in progress. So, uh, as life is, so accept that that's very philosoph philosophical. See, there you go. Start your year off with that. It's a work in progress. Anyway. The way things are currently set up, Memberful was not going to be a quick enough solution to solve the problem at the time. So we decided to go with the uh, Pinecast situation there. But Memberful was on my mind. And then Michael hits me up one day. He's like, yeah, so I'm checking out Memberful because I'm thinking about it for this reason. <laughs> I was like, huh, that's interesting. Here's what I found out. Here's what I'm curious to know about. Uh, and in that circumstance, it makes a lot of sense. Here's where I kind of hit a wall, which is financially for me, it's kind of where I hit the wall with it at least. Financially for me, I wouldn't want to move technically working to memberful unless we were going to move our show off of Pinecast because we're paying Pinecast for a ton of stuff now. Like, and, and I don't want to pay two different companies when I could fairly easily host my podcast on a WordPress site. Like I could do that. It's not difficult. Uh, but we haven't gotten down that rabbit hole with technically working just yet. But Michael's looking at member four and then he shows up today and he's like, oh, yeah, because I'm streaming at the discord, too. And I was like, oh, we've been thinking some of the same things, sir. <laughs> Without even really, Without talking really about having it. discussions about it. Uh, and there's an interesting comment. Michael Doys dropped in our group chat earlier today about something uh, that I need to investigate because I wasn't aware of that being a thing. Uh with Pinecast either. But anyway, uh, so what have you found out about Memberful? And the one thing I'm curious about is um, they, they, so I am correct in the fact that Memberful does not handle any sort of podcasting or media feeds themselves. You have to provide them with a feed for a membership level, right? Yes, that is the way I understand it as well. Okay. Uh, and just to 
give people a little bit because we just jumped into memberful. And, you know, I've heard a few times that people really like our show and we sound amazing. I'm just saying that everybody says we sound amazing. <laughs> uh, your audio quality is so great. I understand about half of what you were talking about. But your audio, right. you sound really good while you're saying stuff I don't understand. <laughs> uh, to those people, thank you. I really appreciate it. You don't know how happy that makes me, especially considering the amount of money that we have invested over the years uh, in equipment and tools. Uh, yeah, this is why I bought a microphone. Right. So Anyway, I forgot where I was going with that because I got carried away with the pass on the back for sounding so great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna, what happens I'll, when I'm when I'm happy with this MX keys. And I'm switching between my iPhone and my Mac, and then I end up going to Safari to get the link to the podcast, anyways, to send to you because I can't figure out how to share a podcast out of Downcast. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, now I remember. So, memberful for people listening. It's not just on podcasts. This is actually a pretty nice system. I have recommended it to a few people over the years since looking at them. They have since I first heard of them. And purchased by Patreon um, and Patreon still lets them operate kind of on their own as their own company. So it's like Patreon has their thing and then Memberful is a little different. I like Memberful over Patreon for a lot of things, uh, but Memberful is for creators. Uh, the one thing I love about Memberful or really like about Memberful is they they have hooked themselves up just about everywhere. Like there's WordPress plugins, there's hooks into Discord. Uh, which is where Michael is streaming right now. There's hooks into Discourse, which is a online uh, forum software. And there's hooks all over the place. Uh, there's hooks into GitHub. You know, so if you are running some sort of, um, you know, system where you want to give people access to a Git repo for for private projects or whatever, like there, there's a lot of hooks in there. I also like the fact that they do have a actual useful free plan. Uh, they do take 10% of your money. Uh of each payment, but their strike fees first off are included in that. So uh, factor that in uh, and their pricing really isn't ridiculous for what you get. They've also added the ability to send out newsletters from inside of that. I'm not sure if that's only on a page here or if that's also free, but it's a very nice, I feel like easy to get into system for individuals or small teams of creators. Uh, and just to mention a few companies that are using Memberful as their, their back end to their membership systems, uh, Twit, which we previously mentioned with This Week in Google, is using that for Club Twit. Uh, Relay FM is really going in on the Memberful because they you they have separate shows that, you know, Twit is you give them seven bucks a month and you're a Club Twit uh, member you get access to all of their shows, uh, including some shows strictly for members, uh, ad free with, um, this is what I like about member for the flexibility, uh, with relay FM, you can subscribe to, you know, say connected pro and you get access to connected pro. You get access to their crossover feed, which is where they do a lot of interesting, different posts. Yep. And you get access to their discord. Uh, but I don't, I've not been in their discord. So I'm, I'm, Fairly certain that you're kind of maybe locked down to specific channels in there with that. I don't know, though, because I haven't been in there. You but they could do down that. to the channels you have access to with your membership. Ah, so you so get when the I had general channel I and like see. connected pro channel. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought they were doing. Uh, now, if I go subscribe to Upgrade Plus, I think is what it is, uh, or Mortex, because that's something I'm actually subscribed to, uh, Mortex. 
uh, then I would gain access to the Mortex channel as well. And if I canceled my Connected Pro, I would lose access to Connected Pro, but I still got access to Mortex. Suffice it to say, there's a lot of flexibility here in what you can do uh, with Memberful. And it's not just for podcasting, even though the two things I talked about were podcasts. Uh, I know some people that are running kind of newsletters off of that. I know people that are running several different you know, internal like courses on their own websites through this. There's a lot of things you can do with Memberful. So I would say give them a look. They're not paying us for this and they're not giving us anything free. Uh, but if it, they would like to. But if they would, you know, I mean, look, this is my goal too for 2024, uh, which I haven't mentioned before, but because we're here and we're talking about memberships and money, uh, one is to grow our membership here for Technically Working. And two is to start reaching out to some small businesses. I'm not going to memberful yet because I don't think we're big enough. Well, in fact, I know we're not big enough. Well, I don't know because, you know, I don't know. They may want to help an up and coming strappy little podcast like ours. Uh, and somebody just followed me on Mastodon. Appreciate it. <laughs> so com- I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it's complete other waste of your time. Uh, but I do want to start reaching out this year to uh, smaller businesses, you know, sort of like Bedrock Innovations, for example, or Pay Your Media. Like, obviously, it would be a little silly for us to sponsor our own show. Uh, but we'll start there just so people kind of get a format and feel for how that's going to be. Uh, but I want to reach out to companies like ours that we could potentially help reach a broader audience um, with some advertising. So that's the thing to look forward to in 2024, which means if you're a supporter, you'll get to add free versions of the show. Unless you want the ads. And then you just subscribe you, you to the regular to, public just, feed. Yeah, uh, You'll have yeah. the opportunity to get the ad free shows. Yeah, we'll put it to you that way. Uh, you can do it that way. So anyway, those are things coming up. But yeah, I, I find it really interesting that the two Michaels and me have all kind of somewhat converged on the same thing uh, from different angles, I think, without any of us really having a conversation. At least I hadn't had a conversation with either one of you two guys about this. You guys probably nope. been hanging out in Discord talking about it all day. But, you know, I don't feel left out at all. It's okay. I was uh, working. Michael mentioned I wasn't working, but Michael mentioned in Discord. By the way, that's something else you would get if we do get this all set up is access to live chat with us while we're live streaming because we're having a quick conversation uh, in the in the chat room right now. But Michael made the suggestion of set up a unlisted Pinecast feed and just use that to feed the membership podcast feed. So you have that all taken care of. And then you do have to pay the $25 a month for the Discord integration. But for me, I think that right there would be worth it because it does that automation. And that $25 a month, it's it's either $0 a month, $25 a month, or $100 a month. And, and I like those three clear plans. Um, I also will tell you, I, I appreciate their support team. Um, I sent an email on Thursday and they said, we're out for the holiday and we won't be getting back to messages unless they're urgent until Tuesday. Makes perfect sense. Okay, that's fine. I got a response from their team Thursday evening answering some of my questions and telling me if I have additional questions, we're out for right now, but uh, go ahead and reply to them and we'll send them back to you. That uh, that blew my mind. I'm like, well, you know, first of all, all your stuff is labeled. I have not encountered anything that's not labeled. I haven't encountered anything in the memberful admin page that I can't do. And Full transparency, I've known about Memberful forever. It was Marty who was like, you should really check out this Memberful site. Will it give us more flexibility for some of the stuff we want to do on Unmute than what the Pinecast tip jar will do? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to. And I pushed back on it for 
forever. You know how it can be sometimes when I'm uh, like, I don't really yeah. want to do it. Nah, yeah, not really. Now, see, this and is then, one of those situations where, Marty, you should have mentioned something to me about this because I would have been on board with you, man. I, I he, he, he would have been pushing me a little harder over to Memberful, probably. Uh, but it's really nice that, that I was able to get in there and set up a membership site. I think it literally took, what, five minutes or so? Just ask a couple of questions. No guessing, no checking to see what was encountered or what you're trying to get. And it works just fine it's a beautiful tool and i will be playing with it a little bit more michael did not know that twit was using it so uh that was pretty cool and uh there's some test modes for iacast and programmatic plus at iacast.net slash plus because uh and those are in test mode and they they just use the standard stripe test modes don't yeah. so you just do the four two which you yeah. already do that and, yeah yeah Beautiful yeah. tools. Beautiful. That's another thing I like about it too is their payment system. I know what they're using. Like I know exactly what they're doing. I know how they're doing it. Uh, and you know they're including the fees on top of that, and mm -hmm. they're handling this stuff fairly well over there. And um, you know, as much of a beef as I have had, I also am a. I have a couple of Patreons actually. Uh, DTNS. Did I you, give them five bucks a month. Hmm? Did you know that Patreon owns Memberful? Yeah, I said that when I first started talking about. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not realize yeah, that. I, like, told you know, I think Taylor told me that, and yeah, I had since, to Google it. Yeah, since I, yeah, I said since I discovered Memberful, they have been purchased by Patreon, but Patreon kind of has left them alone to operate as a separate bit because they are kind yeah. of too independent. You know, there, there's major differences and enough differences that they can let them operate, which is what they did. I'm glad they did that because uh, I, I have had serious beef with Patreon uh Especially from the side of looking at it as a creator, I think Memberful is a much better platform for me, uh, and I honestly think it would be a better platform for a lot of people that are on Patreon now. However, uh, in the case of one show, DTNS, as you mentioned, that I also support with five bucks a month, uh, there was no Memberful when they started, uh, and yeah. now they're in there. So you know, Patreon's treated Tom well, so. <laughs> They they have they have and there's not a point in moving off of something that's working. Um, you know, might be a cure, an interesting editor's desk question to ask. Just you know, if you were starting today, what would you do differently? Ooh, there you go. Uh, but also support barbecue and tech as well through Patreon, which I wish they had have done memberful, but I don't think they knew about memberful because they just went probably with what Tom was already using because that's kind of how they got their start mm -hmm. was on DTNS Test Week, so. But yeah, Memberful is a nice platform. We will definitely be investigating that. And I'm happiest here because some of the things that I was interested or thinking about doing, and I've mentioned to Michael in, in you know, passing conversations, like, oh, we should think about doing this. We should investigate doing that and not pushing too hard because I know Michael. Sometimes I have to let him get there. Uh, he's like, well, Pine Gas is working. I'm leaving alone. He's like, all right, man. Uh, but we're kind of getting there backwards. I don't want to say backwards. You're kind of backing into some of the stuff. And we're not rushing. Right, that's the other thing, too. Like, I'm not in a hurry to do anything about anything at the moment. But sooner rather than later, we need to think about curbing some of the costs because Pinecast. Yeah, is, Pinecast. Uh, now, no, Matt has, heard how much I'm paying them now. And he's like, yeah, it's a little different than what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> a little different than what I was thinking. And we should start looking at doing something else, man. Uh, Matt has treated us well. And I still say Pinecast is a decent podcast host to get started yes. with, especially if you're not interested in trying to do it yourself. Same thing with Memberful. 
I could do what Member 4 is doing. It'll take me a lot more time. <laughs> so I have to write a lot of <laughs> custom code. It might be like, oh, well, you know, we need to set this up so that if you're this member level, you get this. But then if you're that member level, you know what? I didn't got time. Member 4. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, absolutely. You're able to do what. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Anyway. Yeah, stay four. tuned. Stay yeah. tuned, and you know, changes changes are afoot. They will be happening. Uh, I'm just happy I haven't had to really lean on Mike to get him to start looking at it. He, he's done it to himself, which is always nice when someone gets where you want them to go by themselves. So, Demasi, how is your Pocket Cast adventures going? Because I know you were using Pocket Casts for a little while, or at least trying it for the great move to Android that's uh, hopefully going to happen in the next two weeks. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's over. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's over. Not the Android experiment, but the <laughs> yeah. Pocket Cast. It's Pocket Cast. Yeah. So why? Pocket Cast was was reasonably accessible. Like I didn't have any problems like that with it. The issues I encountered with it is some of it is behavior, some of it is bugs. Uh, so one issue I had with it is when trying to scroll through a list of either my podcast themselves or the list of a podcast, because some of them I have that I'm just kind of subscribed to and I pick and choose episodes or whatever. There would be times where it would just not scroll with voiceover. Uh there's weird, odd times where I would be trying to, you know, navigate in the app and I would come across a message that says release to refresh. And I'm like, but I didn't pull down to refresh. So why yeah, do I need you want to, me to release uh, little oddities like that with navigation uh, really were frustrating me? The fact that their navigation to get to things is a little it's more steps than I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say it that way. Uh, oftentimes, many more steps than I want it to be. If I want to go check the show notes for something or I want to navigate around and look at something else while I'm playing a podcast. It's, it's just not it didn't feel like the great app for me. Um, So I went back to Overcast because Overcast for me, at least wasn't broken. Now, to be fair, I don't have over a thousand podcasts in Overcast either. So I just went back to Overcast. I did export my OPML because I had added a couple of shows in Pocket Cast, imported those back into Overcast. Uh, it did not duplicate anything for me. It did bring in the shows that were not there Good. and had no problems with that. And um, I've just been back on Overcast. Uh, so what's I, your Android plan? My Android plan is going to be export my OPML file. Imported over to Android when I find a player. I think you've mentioned a couple to me. One that comes to mind is Podcast Attic. I think you've mentioned. Yeah, Podcast Attic. There's a couple other ones out there too, but that's one that I think a lot of people like. I think I paid for it if I remember right. So that, that's my plan is just use a different app because as I you know thought about it, it's like this would be great, but the idea really for me was not so that I could switch from iPhone to Android back to iPhone as I'm listening to a show. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really the plan. It was more or less like, oh, if I set up Pocket Cast on the iPhone, when I get to Android, I just sign into Pocket Cast and boom, there's all my stuff. Uh, yeah, which it's not the same exact process, but importing an OPML file is essentially uh, the same thing. Similar. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's a similar product because I'm not going to be bouncing back and forth between devices listening on one, listening on the other. You also don't have 1,200 podcasts. also don't have 1,200 podcasts. That is a thing, too. I am cleaning those up right now. Shout I'm, out to Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Jeff has Bishop. a lot more than me now. Not that other Jeff, but Jeff Bishop. Yeah, Jeff Bishop. Uh, the only Jeff. his podcast. 
but uh yeah so that that's what i did because i, I figured out you know like i'm not gonna pull the iphone out and all. let me listen to you know let me start listening to you know technically working on the iphone and then i'm gonna switch over to the android phone and i wanted to be in sync that's not a thing that's gonna happen uh you know i know that personally from again back to our previous conversation last week knowing thyself uh is very important when I had an iPad that I use regularly and I put Overcast on it, I n- never, ever opened it to listen to a podcast on the iPad. Uh-huh. I would use the iPad with an earbud in my ear listening to a podcast on the iPhone while I did other stuff on the iPad. So it's just not a thing. I don't even use Overcast on the Mac. Like I installed it when, you know, mm. we figured out it worked on Apple Silicon and I poked at it and tried it out. I never used it. Nope. Nope. If I listen to audio, it's music on the Mac. Usually, or YouTube. Huh. Yeah, I, I should start listening to my podcast on YouTube. I don't even do music on the Mac, man. I will listen to it on my phone. like Because mm. the mm. music app on the Mac is terrible. It's horrible. It is and they should horrible. be ashamed. It, it is. It is. Shame. It is. Apple, you should be ashamed, I tell you. Ashamed. Someone shared with me on Mastodon how to get a link from iHeartRadio station, uh, stations. So now I'm building my... A list of radio stations that when I just open the file, it plays in music. It was VLC, but right now I don't even have VLC installed. It's the only reason I open use Apple Music. Mm, that that makes sense though, because you're you're using it in place of an app that you would have had to go install. No, I'm kind of getting to that point where like there's a lot of stuff that I used to use, and retroactively I would go back and install stuff like VLC. Like I don't have it installed now, but the prior. Uh, clean installation I had a prior installation that I had um, I did have VLC installed almost never opened it but I installed it because I'm like oh yeah I use VLC like sometimes you know occasionally sometimes occasionally then I realized never never (laughs) 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 Uh, almost never hardly ever yeah yeah so well, good. I'm using Downcast. Uh, Downcast, I've stuck with it. It seems to be working well for me. Um, I am now on an iPhone 14 Pro Max. Um, that's been a change since last time we recorded. And uh, I know how we're going to close this episode up, Demasi, because I hinted last week at the Celeste classes coming, and I haven't spoken at all about them. And, and I was thinking about what else has changed. So Downcast is the tool that I've been using. I really like the structure and layout of it. Um, it does frustrate me and I probably can go into the settings, but you have to have downcast open like the actual app in focus in order for it to refresh the feeds. And it doesn't appear to always refresh them. And maybe that's again, how I have the settings set to. And for me, it has to go through and refresh every feed. So if I'm sitting here looking at my news playlist, I'm like, I want to listen to some news and it's only on A's. I have to wait for it to get all the way through all the news for it to update. And then my playlist has the details that right now is my only frustration that takes about five minutes for it to refresh everything maybe three minutes each time because it has to go through all of the podcasts and it does it one by one luckily you can see which podcast it's refreshing so you can there's a little uh item that changes after the tab bar that will show you what what podcast it's Ah, refreshing that's handy but that's 
that's, I think my only frustration. Um, I have one in and did a little bit of configuration. You can go set up Siri shortcuts and they've got a whole section of Siri shortcuts there and it puts all the podcasts in like a folder. So, um, if this is how I envision it, if you are browsing all your podcasts, you go into the podcast, which is inside your folder. If you'd like to get the show notes or to play the episode, simply just tap on the episode and it shows you those. There is a couple of buttons, like each episode has two flicks, which is kind of annoying, but you can just use uh, explore by touch and trail your finger down the left edge of the screen. But those two flicks, one is the name of the episode that you can double tap on. The second one is the details for the episode, which you can go into just to get the show notes if you don't want to start the playback. Uh, But yeah, aside from that, it's working out well. Yeah, Downcast is the player I started with, I think, on the iPhone 4S. No, iPhone 4. Mm. Uh, When I really initially got into podcasts because that was the one that everybody was using. This kind of goes back to uh, I, I cool, I cool tech. No, I blind tech. Maybe uh, there's a lot of podcasts out back then that don't exist now that I started listening to. Um, there's one with this guy, Corey, who I can't remember his last name. Uh, he used to always find, he had a lot of cool apps though. He, he's the one that put me on Ele- elements. I think was the name of it. Is that Dropbox? Uh, text app that was synced through Dropbox. So you could oh, that's write. Cool. Yeah, 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 a lot of cool apps right there. But Downcast is where I started. And I remember the funny thing about Downcast when I first started using it, and I would hear other people talk about it, is there was a gesture uh, that you could do that you would draw L on the screen. And with voiceover, obviously, you double tap and hold and draw a capital letter L on the screen. And it would. That was put in specifically to skip the ad reads on Twitch shows by Leo. Because <laughs> ad reads are kind of long. Uh, uh, does that still work? Do you know? I don't I know. Don't, I, I don't huh, know. Huh, huh. <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know about that. I'll have to play with that. That's kind of cool. Uh, but so. yeah. And Downcast has always been a nice app to me. I just, and, you know, when I first started, I was listening. You know, I had subscribed to video podcasts because I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I could. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to miss something. They're not going to mention something unless it's on video. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I Really, honestly, it's because a lot of what I initially subscribed to that wasn't, you know, accessibility or blindness related uh, was on Twitter. And you would and just find video. a video episode first. Uh, yeah. And then audio would be after it. So, you know, oh, I'm looking for Mac Break Weekly. I heard that's a good show to listen to. Oh, there's Mac Break Weekly. I don't care if it's video, whatever. Right. I'm just going to listen to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Downcast has always been solid. I think it started getting a little creaky, you know, around the time. And then I tried out Overcast. What what actually got me Overcast because I heard about Marco was making the podcast app or whatever. Uh, Marco used to make Instapaper, which is an app that I used to really, really like. I hadn't used it in a very long time, uh, but I really liked Instapaper. Didn't care for the magazine all that much uh, as a thing. But Instapaper was my first reading. This is back when there was only two. There was Instapaper and there was Pocket. <laughs> That's all you had. Yeah, uh, those are your choices. And Instapaper was accessible and Pocket was not back then. Uh, so, you know, as we tend to do, as I tend to do, and it's not going to say it's a blind person thing because I, I, I do this uh, and it's not necessarily accessibility related. Um, you know, I buy Apple computers because their stuff is nice. But anyway, I tried out Overcast back then. And for the most part, I liked it. Initially, he had some features that nobody else had, like the uh, the voice boost. Uh, which mm-hmm. does come in handy. And then the smart speed, uh, which now everybody has, but you know, he, he had it first, he made it, he built it. 
And also because I didn't really care about um, uh, video podcasts, which is something he's not planning on supporting. Uh, I was kind of cool with Overcast. It was, it was nice, very lightweight, very simple uh, player. So I was kind of why I stuck with it. And at least initially, like when I had an issue with something that I didn't like, say the double flicking, if I wanted to flick through a list of podcasts, mm-hmm. I was lazy or I was holding a giant phone by the bottom uh, with one hand. I could flick through and I didn't like having to flick past. Oh, episode title info, episode title info. Uh, you know, I reached out and was like, hey, man, can we do something about this? And he did something about that. So appreciate that, too. We'll talk about Celeste because you you, you have them and uh, I don't know how to spell Celeste. So that says Celeste for real this time because I put a S-T-L-E-S-T-E. marker in when you first said T-E. That's already done. I already hit return. Yeah, yeah. That's over. Uh, but I had already Celeste put a Celeste. For real. I had put a Celeste marker in earlier when you said something about it and then you continued to talk about Downcast. <laughs> I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So. You mentioned earlier that you have uh, moved up to the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Uh, and as we get into this next topic, uh, one, just some brief thoughts on, on, on that uh, from you, because I know you got Mallory's uh, hand-me-down because she upgraded. See mm-hmm. how this works sometimes? Mm-hmm. It doesn't always yeah. work that we always yeah. get the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, then I handed her her 15 Pro Max, and I'm like, is this really a f- – because now that I- – it doesn't feel like it is. Yep, it's it's the same size. Anyway, <laughs> it's not exactly the same. It's a little bit smaller. Right, a bit, right, a little, a bit. Little. and lighter, definitely lighter, definitely lighter for sure. Uh-huh. So I I like it. Uh, Dynamic Island's taking a bit for me to get used to. Um, that especially with the battery low, uh, the twenty percent battery notification, I couldn't get that figure that out. So got that I don't like working that. now. I, yeah. I don't even. I, I Tia was asking me about that at some point, and I was like, "Man, I don't. Why doesn't the phone?" And she's like, "Oh, I saw it. It just flashed it up in the dynamic island." And I was like, "Well, that's dumb." Yeah, not Didn't fond help. of that. Yeah, I'm me either. Me either. Not fond of that. <laughs> I will tell you um, what I like about the dynamic island. See, now we're still not talking about Celeste. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'll tell you what I like about the dynamic island and where I have found it useful. Uh, so sometimes I will use it to quickly get to, you know, the podcast or the music that I'm playing because it's yeah. showing up there. Uh, that's kind of cool. I, I do like that. Um, honestly, with Uber, like we do Uber Eats sometimes. Okay. Uh, you the can see your right there. Yep. They stay right yeah. there. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. see that this person has picked up your food and it's on the way and, you know, all of that. So that's cool. Uh, I've heard people say that flighty is good there. I haven't had to fly anywhere since I had this phone. So, you know, that's not a thing. Uh, okay. That's apparently good. Carrot weather. And here's the here's the rub, at least right now. I don't know if this is going to change and, and hopefully it will change at some point in the future. Uh, but right now with apps like Fantastical, for example, uh, and you have to go you have to go edit this in your settings, like change this in the settings. Cause I think by default is 15 minutes, but you can set Fantastical, for example, to show you upcoming events in the dynamic island, but it has to be within an hour. I think is the maximum that you have to have opened the app within an hour of that event happening. So to make that make a little bit more concrete sense, cause I feel like I'm explaining it badly. Let's say I have an event coming up at, I don't know, eight 30 on a Saturday night. If uh-huh. I open Fantastical at 745 uh, and then close it, well, now, because I've opened it, it will, you know, keep kind of like a running counter of like, oh, you know, 
45 minutes to the show, you know, to, to this event, you know, 15 minutes to this event starts just running mm. in the dynamic island, which can sometimes be helpful. Sometimes not. I haven't really paid attention all that much. I still don't have fantastic on this phone, actually. Uh, interesting. Maybe why my calendar is broken. I'm wondering about that. Um, hmm. but carry it weather, which I also haven't put on the phone since I wiped it, but I will put that back on here. Um, if you open up carrot, which I have done this and I do find it useful, will help keep track. Like if rain is pending and you open it up, and it's like, oh, it's going to rain in 30 minutes and you close it back up. You can check the dynamic island and you can see whether or not it's raining or sunny. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. It's not super helpful just because it would be nicer if I could. And, you know, that's why I saw hopefully this will change in future versions of the operating system uh, where if there is an event coming up and I could say, you know, start tracking, you know, or start alerting me about this event in the uh, dynamic island 30 minutes before. Or yeah. if there's rain coming, you know, let me know about that, you know, instantly instead of me having to rely on me opening the app. Uh, They'd be more useful then for sure. Yeah. If it worked the way it works with Apple, right? Because if I tell Siri, start playing some music and then it starts playing music, then it just stays in the dynamic island because it's running in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you can't. I, I think it's more of a battery constraint slash system resources thing that we're dealing with and the reason that everything doesn't work that way. But it's pretty cool. It, it's it's semi-useful. I can forget that it's there also, to be honest yep. with you. Yep. Me too. Me too. Until my finger finds it while I'm flicking around trying to find something else. Uh -huh, you're looking for something else. I'm like, <clears throat> I keep, I don't care about this audio that I'm listening to. I'm trying to do another thing inside of his yeah. app. Go, yeah. can I make you go away for a second? Like, can I close the dynamic? Can, can I hide the dynamic? Uh -huh. yeah, you that's can not a thing. flick down and dismiss it. I don't know if you knew that. Mm, no, I didn't know that. I know you could yeah, flip so down, expand it out to get controls and then collapse it back. I didn't know you could make it go away altogether. Maybe you can't. Maybe that's what I saw. Yeah, I think that's probably what you saw. Uh, or you saw a notification that was right under the dynamic uh -huh. island that you could ditch. Yeah, this. that's more likely. That's more likely. So Celeste is a very nice pair of glasses. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. They come in a zipper pouch. I've told everyone that I've talked to, though, wait for the second version. So what it is is they are um, – if you ever used the – I think they were the horizon. I don't remember which ones, but they were the wireless glasses of uh, yesteryear with the IRA service. So before IRA went to a wired solution, if you use the wireless pair that had the hotspot that you had to carry around too, and you would connect it, it they'd be connected to your hotspot and then you could use the IRA app. These glasses are very similar, if not the same. Some people commented on my Mastodon that I posted. So if you're not following me on Mastodon, on, maybe you should be, uh, where I posted how to how it sounds to turn on the glasses with Ambios. And someone said, that sounds just like these other glasses that Ira had. Um, the camera is at the very top of the nose. The arms or legs or items that you put over your ears are slightly thicker than normal. All the buttons are on the left, right side. They're on the right these, side. These are arms, man. Like, why is there a debate about this? Send your email to Double Tap and tell them that they are called arms. They're arms. Really arms hold things. I always call them the arms. Yeah, because Dang. they're holding or did I the glasses them? on your face. Now I don't even remember. Like arms, you use your <laughs> arms to hold things. Uh, yeah. Your, okay. Okay. So, so on the top edge of the right arm, use your legs to balance things. Like there are legs on a table because you know that is that is holding a table up. 
You use uh-huh. arms of your chair because the arms of the chair hold your body up so you hold don't fall over. Body. Yeah, because they're they're mm. enclosing, they're embracing you, not just propping you up, they're embracing you. Why well, is this a debate? Anyway, man, carry on. Feedback at double tap Not feedback at technically working <laughs> So the arms on the right side, uh, the buttons are along the top edge of that uh, device is easy to feel. You just reach up and hit them. You double press the front button to switch between modes. Press and hold the back button to go to turn the phone uh, glasses on. They charge with micro USB. You can control the glasses from the Celeste app and and hopefully version two will be USB-C. Uh, that's my initial feedback. I don't use them as much as I anticipate using them. Um, also, I do think that I will use them more once I get comfortable with them. I have started just wearing them around the house because that's something I got to get used to is actually wearing sunglasses. And so I started wearing them around the house. And it's kind of nice to be able to just reach up, hit a button to ask GPT a question, 3.5, but ask GPT a question and or to be able to just take a picture of a piece of mail or a recipe card I might be holding in my hand. And for the most part, it gave me those details. I picked up a card from Hadley and just took a picture of it and uh you heard that audio i think it did a pretty good job at reading it actually yeah but they seem pretty decent um honestly just just from where they seem to have been very early in the year so i think that i basically agree with your thoughts that people should wait for version two um unless you're in position to where either these are really going to make a massive difference in your life and you can afford the and i'm going to ask michael to explain the the you know, purchasing process here in a second, uh, if they fit in your budget or if you, you know, they fit in your budget and you want to really provide feedback, which is, you know, one piece of feedback I know for sure Michael has sent them is, Hey, it would be nice if you updated and allowed those of us who are GT GPT plus subscribers to use our own API key so we can get GPT four turbo inside of here, mm-hmm. man. Like this would be amazing. Can we do that please? Uh, but I, I feel like they have released a solid product that they can iterate on. Like they got it out the door, which they're pointing some time throughout the year. Like, is this really coming? Mm, uh, mm-hmm, but they got a product mm-hmm. out the door and I think they have a solid foundation to iterate on for version two of the glasses. Uh, I, I still have some concerns about where those glasses themselves are going to come from. Uh, mm-hmm. but who, who knows what meta and Ray-Ban and the rest may end up doing here. So, um, I'm starting to listen to a new podcast of a blind guy who got a ray a pair of Ray Bands. Uh, you probably heard that podcast if you listened to Double Tap on Friday. Uh, but uh, one of the hosts of the podcast that they co-podcasted. With. Oh no, I actually have not listened to that episode yet. Oh, oh yeah, he got Ray Bands, and I'm like, huh. That's that's interesting. But you're right. It could it'll be interesting to see where they go. So the pricing is you put a hundred dollars down and they will ship you your glasses at some point. Um, I don't know when that is, but you I put a hundred dollars down back in August. Some people put a hundred dollars down back in July. Really, you put that down, they ship you the glasses, and then a month after you get the glasses, 
you start paying $50 a month. It's not to, to rent to own the glasses. You are leasing use of the glasses. You are paying for service and the glasses are part of that service. So you continue paying that $50 a month and that keeps access to the glasses. I don't know what happens if you don't return the glasses. I'm not certain how that works, but that is something to be aware of. And the nice thing about it is they will give you the updated glasses if you decide to uh, get that pair when they release the new version um, without it being an additional cost. And that, for me, makes it worth the $50 a month um, as as long as I'm using them. Now, if I find that I'm not using it, I'm probably not going to pay that $50 a month. That does kind of sound like a hassle to mail the glasses back, but, you know, that's how they get you. I mean, not really. Not really. It's it's not not with orange mailer and stuff or pirate ship and orange mailer and all those tools. Just slap on a label and ship them back. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that that. So to be honest, and I know some people are probably thinking like, I got to keep paying fifty dollars in perpetuity for these glasses. Yeah, but here's the thing: you're also what you're probably not thinking about, or, or at least initially aware of, is you're paying for the hardware. Which at some point, yeah, you probably you know, I mean few years in you probably will pay for what these glasses are worth but you're also paying for the infrastructure uh and the tools that they're using so you're paying for gpt you know you're getting um the enhancements and the improvements that they're bringing and i do think that that's a nice you know pre pre-planned move on their part that when we release a second version of these glasses if you want to continue paying for them we will exchange your v1 for the v2 pair uh mm-hmm. with no additional cost so Seems like basically they have a smart business plan here that I don't think they will have to do much tweaking to in three years when they realize they're running out of money because they came out with a very poor business plan to begin with. And I'm not mentioning anybody's name here. Uh, just saying. Oh, Mike's not going to Thank you, for clearing out that awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if he was going to yell out the name of one of the places I was thinking about. Well, okay, nope. we're not we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying they at least have launched with what I think is a reasonable uh, business plan. There may be, you know, ways to offset those costs a little bit. Like, hey, you know, I mean, look, I'm a deal maker, so I'm like, well, look, if I start using GPT four, maybe you shave ten dollars off because I'm paying for my own GPT. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'll pay more than ten dollars a month probably if they work well. So, uh, but you know, it it sounds like a pretty good deal. I I'm gonna keep watching kind of how you're using them and also pay attention, you know, as I'm embarking on this journey to uh, become a uh, blind vendor in the state of Alabama to see where these could also be useful for me, possibly. Uh, so I may end up with a pair sooner rather than later, uh, depending on how they look. I really got to you know, figure out if they're stylish or not. Cause... Anyhow. Yeah, the horizon glasses, Michael. That's the ones that they were talking about. Show. Thank you. For your support, we will have a, you will have received a, uh, email from me. And if you haven't yet, check your podcast feed, tips.pinecast.com will get you access to the latest content that we'll publish, um, which will be a post show for TW40. I don't know if we're going to do one for 41. We'll, we'll see. It's, this was a little long. Yeah, probably uh, and, not one for uh, 41, honestly. Um, you what? I said probably not one for 41. 
honestly, because this, this has been a little bit long, uh, for sure. And as we said a couple of episodes ago, like we're not promising a bonus episode every week, at least not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, but here's the thing. No. Let us know what you think about that if you're a supporter, uh, if you're supporting mm. us. If you're not supporting us, you can head over to technicallyworking.show. Um, and where it's going to take you is to the page on yourownpay.com slash TW. And at the top of that page, before you get down to the episodes, is they support us. Uh, you can go subscribe in our tip jar right now on Pinecast. We appreciate you. We want to thank those two supporters that we have right now. I think it's two. It might be three. Yeah, it's two. Uh, supporter number one. Appreciate it. Uh, yes. And thanks for your feedback. Absolutely. And that's where I was headed next. Like, as a supporter, send us an email to, oh, I'm going to fix something up there, though. <laughs> send us an email to uh, feedback at technicallyworking.show and let us know like what you think about the extra content that we have been providing. Has it been good? Is it valuable? Do you not care? Um, you think we should do one every episode? Let us know what you're feeling about that, as well as any other thoughts for anybody else. Feedback at technicallyworking.show. He is on Mastodon where you can find all this stuff he's been posting. He's pay on P-A-Y-O-W-N at unmute.community and I-M-D-A-M-A-S-H-E at unmute.community if you want to follow me and use the hashtag technically working on Mastodon uh, to interact with everybody that listens to the show and please use the appropriate casing there, you know, uh, I don't know what they call that casing. I think it's camel case. Anyway, capitalize the T and technically capitalize the W and working. So it makes sense. It looks appropriate and it sounds right with a screen reader. Thanks in advance. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. And if you're listening to this on February 1st, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Happy New Year to you, too. (laughs) 